Dusky goes through it again. Oh, he just can't do it. You just cannot be that good. That is an amazing goal. I think he's scored a goal every time he's had a shot. What's going on, guys? We're back with a European edition of the 50 Plus One Football Podcast. With me, as always, and tonight, sadly, on a somber note, Billy. Yeah, that's right. We have a host of Champions League topics for you this evening. But we start with the sad passing of arguably one of the best players to ever play football. Diego Maradona died age 60. I mean, it was... I'm not going to lie. It was, it was a bit of a shock to see that. And, you know, that's 2020 claiming two sporting icons, really, with Kobe Bryant and uh, Diego Maradona. I mean, that's just, it, it does hit deep. It's weird, though, because obviously we never had an opportunity to watch him play live. I we did have an opportunity to watch him coach. Yeah. Oh, you know, we watched him at the 2010 World Cup. But I don't know what it's like in Germany, but in England, it's, oh, well, he was, he was Diego Maradona who stole a game from England. It's like, well, let's be honest. The other goal he scored in that game alone, that ridiculous slalom run, was probably enough to yeah. win them that game anyway. Yeah, true. But I mean, if, you know, it goes down as one of the greatest World Cup shocks of all time. And I, I think the BBC did a um, did that show of the 50 greatest World Cup shocks. And that was, you know, somewhere like number 10. <laughs> it's ridiculous how good he was. And from watching archive footage at work, it's such a ridiculous passion for football in general. And, yeah, yeah, you know, people complain about the hand of God, but in Argentina, he is a God. And that's why there's three days of mourning. Hey, I mean, he won them two World Cups. And he was also the reason there was a repeat of the same final, Germany versus Argentina, in uh, 1990, after the one in 86. You know, you can see the the impact he had because... Napoli are renaming their stadium. They're renaming it yeah. Diego Armando Maradona San Paolo. Yeah, I mean he was he was I think so many people remember him more for his for the stuff he did in Argentinian shirt rather than for Napoli shirt. That may just be me, but for me I always, you know, remember Maradona as as the one in the blue and white and his slalom runs in the World Cups. And, you know, it wasn't until I got a bit older that I actually, you know, realized, well, he must have played for some kind of European club as well. So, um, you know, I think his Napoli time almost gets forgotten a little bit because he was probably most successful while playing for Argentina. Yeah, it's easy to forget that he did win Napoli two Scudettos. Yeah, which definitely. Which for Napoli I mean, at that yeah. time was massive. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, everyone's going to be like, oh, well, you know, the World Cups might be a little, might have a little bit more weight than the Scudettos. But, you know, as you rightly said, massive for Napoli at the time and, you know, ensured that they were still on the map. 
and I, it's really weird because today is 15 years since George Best died. And it's, re- yeah. it's, re- it's really weird because two players who shared the same ability with, with the football and the same attitude towards life as in sort of like, let's just go for it. Party boy. <laughs> well, it's like, there's that quote. It's like Maradona good, Pele better, George best. It, it just strikes me as a little bit almost poetic that two of those players died on the same day, 15 years apart. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. George best I mean, was, was 59 a- and Maradona was 60. It's a bit... There's a lot of uh, coincidence, I think not. I mean, it was, I think it's also mad to um, to remember that you know Diego Simeone was a teammate of Maradona's, and you know he played with him both at Napoli and for the Argentinian national team. And it's just a thought that didn't cross my mind until the commentator said it in the goals recap on Sky Sports today. The the, the impact he had on football on you you seen the amount of tributes that have poured into him from everyone i think in football yeah and yeah. You know, very few players have that amount of impact yeah i mean that's why i said him and kobe bryant two sporting icons because kobe bryant was much the same you know he had an impact not just on basketball but also on just the world of sport and you know it was athletes from all sports who paid tribute to him and now it's much the same with maradona i think we'll just end this little tribute to maradona with the quote that pele gave today and that was one day we'll kick a ball together in the sky above and that's that's actually really it's quite powerful actually yeah definitely definitely but moving on to the actual football played yesterday and today, I'm not going to lie, it was not the best of Champions League match days that we've seen. It was a bit of a snooze fest in terms of oh, just not necessarily quality, but yeah, quality, I think. Yeah, I'd I'd say it's quality. I mean, if you're going to... We're putting the screamers that were scored in parentheses and taking those kind of out. It was, you know, quality-wise, I don't think any team really or any of the top teams played to their full potential. Because I think think you'd be uh, discrediting Atalanta's performance against Liverpool if you you were to say that they didn't bring their top game. Yeah, you'd be discrediting Atalanta, but I think the team that Liverpool played, it was a lit. It was almost kinder to be expected. Like, no disrespect to Neko and Reese Williams, but they're not Van Dijk and Trent Alexander Arnold. Yeah, I mean, it was. I think the the interview that Klopp gave after uh, last weekend's Premier League match was pretty telling. And I mean, he, he literally appealed to to the TV rights um, or the people who decide the TV rights deals. And he basically said, you know, BT, get your act together because there's no way someone can play on a Wednesday night 
in the Champions League and then make the 12.30 kickoff on a Saturday. That's just inhumane. And I'm sorry, but I have to agree with him. He's spot on. Yeah, but I think it would be more sensible to have them play on the Sunday. But then again, you've got the same problem. Like if they had to go away to Atalanta or if they were away in the Premier League, say, on the Sunday and then had to go away to Atalanta, it's like, well, you're kind of in the same position. So I think we, we knew this was going to be a compact season. Yeah, but, but I, I think, think I think the injuries definitely to Liverpool have magnified how compact it is. Yeah, I think I think it's it's one thing to, you know, say guys mentally prepare yourself for how strenuous the season is and it's a completely different thing to actually experience it because I mean, I think it must have been something like 15 players alone from top teams went off or came back injured or with some form of uh, COVID-19 from the international break. And, you know, it's, it's just a continuation of what already has is probably the most injury ridden season of football I've ever watched across Europe's top five leagues. And it's, it's, it's almost getting hard to watch just, you know, today, Pava almost Pava looks to have you know sprained his ankle and everyone fears the worst. It's like every single tackle you see that you know looks to have a little bit more meat and power behind it. You're already fearing for the player's uh, physical fitness. Yeah, and I think that's why we're getting some weird results. And we could have had a weird some weird ones yesterday because I'm, I'm going to talk United again. You know. They were 3-0 up inside 35 minutes. Absolutely cruising that game. Could quite easily have been like 5 or 6. And then you make 4 changes. And the quality drops because obviously they're not as good as the players you've brought off. Yeah, but I mean, on the other hand, I can understand him making the changes because (laughs) if you're cruising at 3-0 and you've got the compact schedule in the back of your head, you're obviously going to say, well... This game is to, uh, put to bed. I trust my subs to bring us home. Yeah, no, definitely. And you know, 4-1 is a, a little bit flattering compared to how Basakshi here played for a vast majority of that second half because Edin Vizca hit the bar. They had a couple of really good opportunities to score. You know, They were unlucky to only get one. Yeah, David De Gea made some good saves as well. Yeah, definitely. Like since since Dean Henderson's come back and publicly been like, I want that number one. So, no, no, no. <laughs> well, I think I think that's a that's definitely a part of becoming better as a player. Is you're going to definitely give that ten percent more when you know you've got someone breathing down your neck for a starting spot. And obviously, David De Gea has pulled that one out ever since Dean Henderson has publicly uh, said, I'm coming for you. Yeah, and it's actually quite nice to see him making some decent saves again. Yeah, I can imagine. Good, as you good know, question him for the goal that he conceded yesterday, but maybe you'd be expecting the cross, not the shot. But you'd I don't know. I think it's a bit that harsh. Out. Yeah, it's a bit harsh, but I see why. I can see why, you know, if you think of the caliber of goal, if you're going to 
go back to the caliber of goalkeeper he was when he was considered to be, you know, fighting with Neuer over the world's best title. Couldn't, couldn't resist it, could you? I really couldn't. Could I not. really couldn't. But going from world's best keeper to one of the best number nines in world football at the moment, Haaland scored twice again after four at the weekend. <laughs> he is just inhumane, isn't he? I mean, I could see him, and this is, it hurts to say, but I could see him taking Lewandowski's crown as the best number nine in world football before Lewandowski hangs up his boots. It's a bold it is, it is bold, I know. And the reason I say this is because they're, not, they're similar in the sense that they both, have, they both create goals out of sheer athletic ability where most, and I'd say I, actually 99% of strikers would not be able to you know, contort their body or put their body in that position to score. You know, that's where they're similar, but I think Highland has just this, it's this steamroller brute power and Lewandowski is more about the panache efficient, a um, little bit more flair and, and Highland is just raw pace, power, accuracy, precision. It is, it is scary to watch him run at you. Well, I think I don't want to slag Lewandowski off at all because he is at the moment, the best nine in the world. But Haaland doing what he's doing, scoring how many scoring at his age is ridiculous. Because at Haaland's yeah. age, Lewandowski was milling around Polish leagues. Yeah, that, I think definitely. he's and that's, yeah. just signed for Lech Poznan or something like that. Yeah, that, that's yeah. That's why I'm saying you know Haaland is gunning for that number nine title. I mean, he's he's definitely. Do you know what? Do you know who I think of uh, with Haaland is? Um, he's a little bit similar to the way Ibrahimovic bursts onto the scene, uh, in the sense of how many goals he scored at such a young age. I wouldn't compare Ibrahimovic and Haaland because Ibrahimovic is more like Lewandowski in the sense of the way he moves. Because I wouldn't say Ibrahimovic is a pace monster. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's the way these guys are already scoring goals at such a young age is where they're probably most similar. Haaland and Ibrahimovic. It's ridiculous. One, you said to me yesterday about PSG, RB Leipzig. I think your words were, what was it, the most unfair 1-0 or the most ridiculous 1-0 you've ever seen? It's not one of them, not the most ridiculous, but definitely one of the most ridiculous. It's up there. I mean, it was a classic, it was in every sense a classic FIFA win for PSG because Leipzig had 60% possession, double the amount of shots, better percentage of the, uh, in the tackles. I mean, in all sense of statistics, Leipzig were better than PSG except in the goal score department. And if we're being honest, that penalty that was given to PSG should have been a yellow card to Di Maria for, uh, for diving. Because it's never a penalty. Even after VAR? I mean, look. 
that's this is where we go back to you know the crap officiating at top level and i mean i know we we've definitely gone into detail about how bad the officiating in the premier league is the champions league might be better but i am very very surprised and at a loss really how to explain how var could call that a penalty because he really he doesn't touch him he barely touches him. The only thing that Di Maria does is he knows Zabitza is coming at him from behind him. And so the minute he feels his breath on the back of his neck, he falls down. I mean, speaking of falling down, Neymar showed why he is literally the biggest dolphin in football. I mean, the German commentator said it best. He is probably one of the most brilliant footballers and at the same time, one of the most pain in the ass footballers to watch because he flops at every single contact unbelievable i i got fed up watching him yeah but then he you know he does it so often that now you've got referees are starting to if they're not doing it consciously it'll be in the back of their mind that he does have a history with diving I mean, so while, while he might be doing it to try and gain advantage, there's going to come a time where referees are going to go, no, get up. I mean, I hope so, because that time definitely didn't come against PSG yesterday. I mean, he, every, single, every single contact, he, you know, he flew a foot away from, from the player who made the tackle, and then he gets a, and then he gets a, a free kick. It, it is so unbelievably annoying to watch. And this is why he's never going to be, you know, in the same class as Ronaldo or Messi. It's because he's just an annoying, pain-in-the-ass footballer to watch when he does his little show. Well, I think I said to you when we played them match day one, like the more and more I watch of PSG, the less and less I like Neymar. Yeah, Because it yeah. is frustrating to watch. I can understand if it was your play, you'd be going, oh, yeah, okay. But it's it's kind of that shithousery thing. Like, Chelsea fans had it with Diego Costa. Yeah. Where yeah. they'd be like, oh, yeah, go on, Diego. Go on, Diego. And everyone else is like, but he's just being a bellend. Why are you teeing <laughs> him up for that? It was like the kind of player that you'd love to have in your team. But here's the thing. I would actually rather have Diego Costa's type of shithousery than Neymar's because Neymar is just being a pussy, plain and simple. Yeah, there's, there's, there's two different ways to go about it. Diego Costa used to win penalties because he'd get a reaction. Neymar, yeah, I, yeah. Neymar is being reaction. He is being... Uh, what's the word? Reactionary? <laughs> Is that a word? Oh, no, he, uh, I would. I don't know, but I know. I'm. I know, you know what, what you mean. What you mean? I know what you mean, and that's exactly. And I would. I know hundred percent. Know who I'd rather have on my team, or which type of you know annoyingness I'd rather have on my team. Well, there we go. I mean, yeah. I'm also on a side note. Mbappe was the most useless attacking player I've ever seen in a football match. He didn't do a thing. I mean, everyone talks about PSG's attacking prowess. Oh my God. Yesterday it looked like, you know, you had freaking Nicholas Bentner up there. 
Well, they're not having a good time of it at the moment. Nah. They did throw away a two-goal lead against Monaco and lose 3-2. And who scored a brace? The guy who we said was not good enough for Bayer Leverkusen, Kevin Folland. Shh. We don't mention that. But yes, moving on from PSG. (laughs) I want to talk... I want to talk tonight's games, Wednesday night's games. I want to talk into Real Madrid. I'm not really bothered. Uh, Real Madrid won 2-0. It was nice to see Ashraf Hakimi get his first goal for Real Madrid. Low. sorry, what? He scored Uh that. He scored (laughs) that. Was it an own goal, though? I mean, you don't... I wouldn't wouldn't count it as an own goal. No. barely touches it. I'd be claiming it if it had come off Hakimi. (laughs) I'd be claiming. Uh, I was about to goal, say. I, I'm pretty sure Rodrigo's in in it, within his rights to claim that one. Yeah, but the thing I want to talk about, it happened half an hour into a game against Real Madrid, and Inter Milan are looking to get back into it. You talk about things not being a penalty. So Vidal goes into the box. He dribbles past Nacho Fernandez and then goes to pass or shoot, but he kicks Rafael Varane's boot. And then goes down like, and I mean theatrically, like a deck of cards goes down. It's like he's on a pivot. <laughs> Just flops head first out. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it was uh, Anthony Taylor, an English referee. He's like, no, it's not a penalty. It's like, fine, I've got, no, I've got no issues with that. It's not a penalty. And you know what Antonio Conte's teams are like? They're, you know fiery and full of attitude so they all surround Anthony Taylor and he books Vidal but books Vidal once for descent descent yeah and then he goes and squares up to him like chest to chest and Anthony Taylor just stood there like no 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 you did not second yellow and red and he still won't move he just stood there shouting at him so it's like mate you've just been just get off VAR looks, has a look at it. If that's a penalty, it's fine. You come back on. I mean, players must know things are looked at. So if the referee yeah, says, know. no, it's not a penalty, don't square up to him like you're going to deck him. I was, I'm not going to lie. I watched the replays of that, and I see Vidal get booked, and then I see him like push his teammates aside to try and get through to Anthony Taylor, and I was just like, Oh no, he's gonna get himself booked again. He's gonna get himself booked. Ah, he's gotten himself booked again. I mean, that that is you know, he's definitely gotten a couple of red cards in his day. That must be the dumbest red card to to ever receive. To get booked twice for descent within 30 seconds. It was amazing. I think the only other time I've seen that was in the FA Cup and Di Maria got sent off against Arsenal. So he got booked and then he went to try and get Michael Oliver's attention. He sort of like grabbed his shirt and pulled it back. Michael Oliver turns around and looks at him like, say what? Like, like, what? Oh no, you like, didn't. Like that. And it's like, oh God, you just not helped yourself, have you? Uh, definitely not. Oh, Before Jesus. we move on, I want to play a little game. Let's play. I want to play a game. So Alturo Vidal is one of three players to have been sent off for three different clubs in the Champions League. He's been sent off for Inter, 
Bayern Munich and Barcelona. And I know exactly which Bayern Munich game that was, and it was a BS sending off. I, I will give Making my blood boil again. Breathe in in for five and out for seven. But I will give you three guesses as to who the other two players are. One is still playing, and one is retired. Yeah, this is a hard one because my, my immediate instinct was Sergio, Sergio Ramos, but then again, he's played for one freaking club for ages. I mean, given he came from Sevilla, but you know, he's been at Madrid for almost 20 years. Think of, think of journeyman. Pepe. No, not Pepe. What? what? Oh. Um, the one that's currently playing is a striker. Diego Costa. No, not Diego Costa. Got one... Guess left. Jesus. He's currently a striker and he's currently playing. Do you want to give me a clue as to which part of Europe he is in? Uh, he has played in Italy, France, and the Premier League. Oh, uh, Ibrahimovic. Yeah, that's one of them. The other one was Patrick Vieira. Do you know what? I wouldn't have guessed Patrick Vieira just because he was not on my radar. I would have gone. Like, my brother asked me, and I was sat there like, I can't, I can't think, because I, I can't visualize Patrick Vieira playing for anyone other than other than Arsenal. Yeah. And then you realize he played for Inter Milan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just, I, I just had a freaking light bulb moment there when you said that. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my days. Yeah, it wasn't. It, I mean, that Inter Madrid match wasn't a good one anyway. I I just have to say though that penalty that Real Madrid got. You know, if you're gonna give that, you might give might as well give the one for Vidal. Yeah, I I don't know. I think maybe it was probably the way Vidal went down. True, because I mean, which said to Anthony Taylor that that can't be. That can't be natural. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie, though. Varane can't, you know, get too mad if, if, a, if a referee does give that. Oh, no. I, I don't think you could have complaints if, if it was given. I don't think you could have complaints, but it's not, he's not gone to make a tackle. It's no, it's, it's, not a clear, it's not a clear-cut penalty. No. Yeah, it's for Dow that's initiated the contact. But Inter Milan are in danger of going out quite completely. They've got two points for four games. I mean, I don't understand why uh, Conte brought Perisic on so late in the game because he was basically the only spark in that inter, like in the whole of the inter offense. Because it was like, you know, Lukaku non-existent, Lautaro Martinez also non-existent. Didn't really do much the whole game. It's difficult. It's it's a weird one because you look at that group. Inter Milan still have to play Shakhtar, which isn't an easy game. And Gladbach. And Gladbach which, you know, given that current state of form, I'd say Gladbach are winning that. Best case scenario for Inter Milan, they drop down to the Europa League. Yeah. But is that what Inter Milan want? I mean, Antonio Conte's already had a meeting about his future. Oof. So, well, I think, I mean, I think that provides a perfect segue into 
what a performance Mönchengladbach pulled off against Donetsk. 4 nil. After net, after killing him six nil in the in the in the first leg, I was gonna say it was great, and I, mean, I got a bit of yeah. a soft spot for Breland Bolo. I mean, the poor guy hasn't scored in, scored in any competition this season until tonight, and then he does it in an almost Puskas award winning fashion. Oh, it was great, and so I I sent you the Puskas nominations today. Yeah, they're nothing special. Some of those goals. Nah, some I'd say half of them have already been eclipsed. Would already be eclipsed by uh, Valentin Lazaro's goal for Gladbach against Leverkusen, the scorpion kick, and Brelen Bolo's uh, bicycle today. Yeah, uh, just, can, just a quick question: do, do you know if those two could technically still go and in, get into the running for the Puskas? No, they can't because the nominations have already come out. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, wouldn't they? I mean, because the Lazaro goal was was already a couple weeks back. How has that not made it in? If it's not been nominated, then no, because uh, it's it's weird, and you'd like to think that the best goals would, but there has to be some kind of cutoff date. Yeah, and there has to be some sort of criteria. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to see why those two goals wouldn't get nominated because they are pretty good. I mean, given there's some, there was that one bicycle kick from somewhere in South America that uh, definitely caught my eye, I have to say. Oh, here we go. I've just found the criteria. Oof. So it should, be, it. it should be a beautiful goal, subjective. The spread of goals should include long range shots, team goals, overhead kicks, individual plays, etc. It should not be the result of luck, mistake, deflection by another player or the player in an offside position. It should support fair play, i.e. the player should not have behaved badly in the game or have been charged with doping. Because that happens. <laughs> and the player cannot Jesus. be nominated for two different goals. So, Yeah, but that gives no cut-off date. So I don't get why those two goals aren't nominated. Well, oh, that goal whatever. That goal for Leverkusen. Against. Against Leverkusen, sorry. Had he been an arsehole in that game? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, th- I don't think so. He came on as a substitute. I don't know. They, they must have some... Um, well, I mean, you look at the year Luka Modric won it. I mean... Yeah. yeah. They smoke something when they pick these, when they pick these results. <laughs> they really do, don't they? Jesus. But I mean, Gladbach are in the dream position because I don't think anyone ever saw them being first in the group after four matches. Not in a group with Real Madrid and and Inter. Oh, definitely not. Not in arguably one of the toughest groups this season. Especially considering how they're playing in, in the Bundesliga. I mean, they're seventh in the Bundesliga behind Union Berlin and Wolfsburg. And it's like, how can you perform so inconsistently in the league? I mean, they were unlucky to draw against Real Madrid. They should already be through. They should already be through because they were unlucky to draw against Madrid and they were also unlucky to draw against uh, Inter. 
they should have four 12 points. And you can talk about ifs and buts, but both Real and Inter don't look anything special in no, the league a... or in the Champions League. I mean, there is a chasm of daylight between those two teams at present and those two teams when they were, you know, some of the most feared teams in Europe. Or even last season for Inter Milan. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were free scoring. I mean, they didn't win. They were nowhere near winning Serie A again. But everyone was going, oh, Lukaku's on form. you got Martinez's ridiculous up front. And then they let Diego Godin leave for Cagliari. Which no one gets. And it's like, well, yeah, he's old, but he's one of Europe's best centre-halves. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe something, Conte out or something like that. (laughs) I want to get one more game, and I know... Uh, it's it was a snooze fest because Bayern Salzburg was nowhere near the uh, fun game to watch in the first uh, in the first leg. But one thing I have to say is you know Lewandowski is now equaled Raul's Champions League goal scoring record, which already is phenomenal. And he's third. He's joint. He's joint third for the most goals scored at seventy one goals in the Champions League. Only Ronaldo and Messi are better than him. Just let that sink in for a second. Yeah, I think he can quite comfortably keep third place for himself. Well, that's to see. Uh, we'll have to see how how good Haaland uh, performs in the next few seasons. It's ridiculous how good he how good he is since he joined Bayern. Yeah, because. I was expecting when he left Dortmund, it was like, yeah, okay, it's a natural step. But you're thinking maybe two, three years tops. Yeah, yeah. And it just every season just gets a little bit better. I don't think he'll improve on last season. I think that I mean, was, it is hard to do. That was his peak. I think it was slowly start to get worse. I don't know if it, I don't know if it'll he'll slowly start to get worse because the only reason I'd say he wouldn't perform at the same level again is due to the fact that he is not going to be able to play as many games and it's just such a compact schedule and, you know, team performances are going to take a hit. I mean, you obviously, you, everyone saw Bayern versus uh, Bremen, you know, that was nothing special as well. And in this game, again, it was very, very little being produced for Bayern standards anyway. So I, I would I would say, I would go as far as to say he's probably got a couple more seasons where he might be able to equal that, but I think you're right in saying that was probably his the best it's going to get. Even if he says something other, they were different. So it's fifteen in a row in the Champions League now. Yeah. Honest opinion. Wins. Fifteen wins. Honest opinion. Can you go two full Champions League campaigns? without losing i'm i'm really really trying to say you know be fair here but i'm going you know just gonna let the the red and white in my heart do a little bit of talking here and i'd say yes and 
I'd say if there's someone or if there's a manager to do it, it's Hansi Flick because 51 games, 46 wins, two defeats, not two, uh, three defeats, two draws. That's an unreal statistic. And I'm going to have, and I'm going to have to say it. Some of that's down to big man at the back, big man Manu, because that guy has truly found his form and might even be better than he was pre-injury. That's a very bold shout. But I mean, it's hard to argue with, given what he's, what this kind of saves he made again today. I mean, he made one with his shoulder to get it over the bar. Yeah, it's 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 hard. As much as I want to argue, it is very hard to argue. I mean, Thomas. Sorry, go on. Well, I was just going to say we saw a little bit of uncharacteristic play when he charged out, and it was almost a little bit of shithousery again. (laughs) Tried to get the game going again, and just sort of like tackled someone around the neck he was like jesus manu i mean to be fair the the reason being because he, he came out sweep sweeper keeper as he does as you do um and the problem was that he was trying to you know clear the ball but rather you know he ended up not being able to clear it and it went out for a throw-in and leipzig's berisha i think was the one who tr- who wanted to make a quick throw in, and what he in essence did was a was a tactical foul because as he ran past the guy who was about to make the throw, in, he kind of wraps his arms around him and knocks the ball out of his hand to stop him from you know getting play restarted quickly. And I mean, completely is a it was definitely a fair yellow card because it's a tactical foul. Um, but I mean, there you also see like the playing, you know, the the game intelligence that he displays, on top of you know, the fact that he has two hundred and one clean sheets in four hundred and one matches for Bayern at this point, which is insane. I tell you, I tell you what, you're really gonna hate it when he retires. Oh, definitely, because as much as Nuba is was gassed when he, you know and hyped up by everyone when he was doing well at Schalke. His second half of the last season at Schalke was dire. And I don't think he's anywhere near the level uh, Neuer's at because, you know, Nuba is now 24. At age 24, Neuer was the undisputed number one of Germany already. So uh, there, there is a chasm of daylight between those two keepers. I think Thomas Tuchel said it best. He said, Having Neuer in goal is cheating because the guy makes saves that no other goalkeeper on this planet even can possibly dream to make. I, I, yeah. (laughs) I can't argue. He's done it for so long and so consistently. I just really want to be around when he retires because you're going to absolutely hate it. I'm, I I don't even know how many how many of his shirts I've collected over the years, both for Germany and Bayern. A bit of a fanboy. Just a tad, just a tad. I mean, yeah, come on. You're a goalkeeper. When when you start out as a goalkeeper, you know, under nines, you start playing in goal, and you know he's the world's best goalkeeper. Or no, he's he wasn't even the world's best goalkeeper at the time. But you know, 
over time, as you keep getting older and you keep playing, you move up to the youth levels, and then he gets to becoming the world's best goalkeeper. You know, you, you got to fanboy a little bit. Well, before we finish, I mentioned the best FIFA football awards nominations came out today. Oh, yeah. I want your pick on the player, men's player and the men's coach. I'll give you the nominations for the men's player. I know who it's going to be anyway for you. Uh, Lewandowski. I, I don't even know the, why, why we're bothering to read out the, men, the, the rest of the nominations. There is no... There is no real reason to nominate anyone other than Lewandowski. Just none. Okay, I won't do that, but I will read you out the coach shortlist because that's really interesting. So, obviously, Hansi Flick, Jurgen Klopp, Julian Lopetegui, Zinedine Zidane, and Marco Bielsa. Okay, I can understand Bielsa. I can understand Klopp because he got Liverpool their first Premier League title. Um, obviously, Bielsa did a hell- Flick. Yeah, well, obviously Flick. Zidane, I guess I can kind of understand because he got he won the he won La Liga with Real Madrid last season, and you know was it was their first La Liga in a couple of years. Um, Lopetegui, I don't really know why he's there. I mean, yeah, he's done an all right job at Sevilla, but he hasn't done something where, you know, Sevilla are obvious, all of a sudden winning excess amount of titles. I mean, yeah, they did win the Europa League, so I guess there has to be something said for that. Um, so I guess it is a job. I'll take, I take back what I said about Lopetegui. You know, winning the Europa League, that definitely is, a, is something you have to, you have to accomplish uh, at first. But I don't think anyone can really argue with a manager who's won five titles in one calendar year and has won... He's won more titles than he has defeats with the club. So I think you have to be smoking some serious dope if you want to nominate anyone else other than Hansi Flick for manager of the year. Well, <laughs> we'll do another, we'll do a reaction to this when inevitably Kevin De Bruyne and Marco Bielsa win. Oh yeah. And you know, to, to cap it all off, Alison Becker wins the goalkeeper of the year award as well. Oh, you probably just, will. Um, I don't see how. I mainly because they won the Premier League. Yeah, Naya won a treble. He won five titles. That Premier League negate is completely negated. Yeah, but you know what these committee awards are like. Yeah, they 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 love to fondle any La Liga or Premier League player. I would say it should be fan voted, but that'd be even worse. That would be even worse because you'd have all the Messi and Ronaldo fanboys, and then. You get all the KDB fanboy. Oh, I just oh, that wouldn't be good either. It's it it is in more in essence all these awards. It goes down to which player is marketed best and which is which player plays in the most marketable league. And if you're in the Premier League, you're obviously going to have more of a marketable league than the Bundesliga. It's just how it is. I know, genuinely, I do think it'll be Lewandowski and Flick, and we will come back and to Naya. those. Put that one in there. Yeah, well, you could pick the 11. It would just be buying starting 11. I mean, we know that won't happen because, as I said, these uh, FIFA committees still love to funnel all the best marketed players and teams and well, leagues. They had to give Defender of the Year to Joshua Kimmich just so they could give De Bruyne 
Midfield. Yeah, because they knew that they knew that Kimmich did such an unreal job. <laughs> and Joshua Kimmich played most well, pretty much all of last season at holding midfield. That being said, the Champions League final tournament, when Pavard was injured, he went to right back. Yeah, but that doesn't make him defender of the season. Yeah, okay, true. But still, he w- I mean, he deserves to be in the team of the year. Oh yeah, definitely. And it'll be interesting to see what that is, and we'll do a rundown of it when the award ceremony has been and gone. Well, that's not for a couple months, though. <laughs> I'm sure short we'll remember. Oh, yeah. The shortlist has only come out now, but I believe February 2021 is when uh, we will have the official announcement of those awards. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We had a somber start, but we've had some uh, we had some incendiary comments being made in this week of the European edition of the Fifty Plus One Football Podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, listen, do your thing on all the socials. It is greatly appreciated. But that's all from us this week. Thanks for listening, guys. Keep calm. Love the beautiful game.